1: Miami was so fizzed up for UFC 287. Uh, back to Miami for the first time in 20 years. The card was stacked. The celebrities were out. And boy, did Izzy live up to the hype. A vicious overhand right. Oscar Willis is a reporter for the MacLife.com, and he's been kind enough to jump on the phone with us this morning. G'day, Oscar. How did you enjoy all of the scenes out of Miami?
2: Oh, listen, Miami is a fantastic city and, you know, you can have a few late nights there, which I unfortunately did, but we still managed to cover <laughs> the event properly. But yeah, it was, uh, even as you were talking about it there, you know, it's sometimes in the UFC, you get these moments that you're still thinking about days later and this is one of them.
0: Oscar, what did you make of, uh, before we, we talk about Izzy, the co-main event? You know, that was a, a pretty good fight. Does Gilbert Burns, does he get a shot at the welterweight title? I don't think he'll get a shot at
2: the World Away Weight title right away. I think for whatever reason, Dana White, the UFC president, has it in his mind that Colby Covington has to have a title shot before anyone else does. But I think Gilbert did make his case. You know, he beat a massive star in Jorge Mazado and then just said, if you don't at least make me a backup for the next title fight, I'm walking out. And at the post-fight press conference, Dana did say, all right, I'll give you that. So we'll see. I mean, things change in the UFC, so I don't think he'll get the next one, but he might get the, the next next one.
1: So, Kobe Covington, we, oh, we'd love talking about him because he's just he's got all of the those personality traits that you just love to hate. It, did he get anywhere near the event in Miami or was he banned? I don't think he was banned,
2: right? But he has a restraining <laughs> order against Jorge Masvidal. And as far as I'm aware, you can't just walk into the place of work <laughs> with someone that you have a – and at least I assume you can't. So, no, he didn't, he didn't show up. I mean, he was like – He's not allowed within hundred feet. I was kind of expected to see him in the rafters with a big sign or something, but no, he didn't. He didn't come to fight night. But I, I he did say he met with Dana White um, throughout the week, so maybe he took them out and showed them a good Miami time. But no, he wasn't on fight night.
0: Oscar, did you see the fight uh, sort of eventuate the way that it did? Did you, you know, the way that Pereira looked looked like to me that he just sort of thought he was fighting at light heavyweight and he was the bigger man in that in that fight and got just caught with that overhand right. Uh, right on the temple. Did you see that coming?
2: Honestly, the the, the finish, I could have maybe seen, obviously, the, fir- the, the first fight they had in New York. Uh, Israel did hurt him with the right hand, so you could have maybe seen it there. But honestly, as you just said, when he got into the cage, I tapped the guy next to me and I said, he is so huge. Like, he weighs in at the same <laughs> as Israel and then appears to double in size overnight. It's unbelievable. So when he walked in there and he's staring down at Israel, you're like, oh my, this is a, a heavy task, we'll say. Um, and then, you know, Israel said he was playing possum, but I do believe his leg was a little bit hurt. You know that mm. you know, Alex was very good about landing those leg kicks, and as Izzy starts to back up to the cage, you're getting flashbacks to New York and going, "Damn, this is how that looked like when it ended." And then, yeah, hammer from the
1: gods, as Israel said, put him down and put it put an end to it. Hundred percent, he was hurt. He he he, like he. was trying to, he was obviously changing up his stance, but when once his right leg started getting banged up as well, you knew that yeah. and. It, the longer it was going to go, the more worried I was actually going to get. So, I mean, it's all revisionist history now. I'm just curious what what was the energy in the arena when that second overhand or the with the overhand landed? What what was the energy like? Like it just looks like the arena popped off. But being in there, hearing it, smelling it, what was it?
2: oh man i mean as media when you're cage side you're not meant to react i mean i basically threw the table over i jumped up so surprised and had my ha- <laughs> head in my house I, I couldn't believe it you know And the ufc like is at its best when you have these crazy moments leon edwards head kicking kamari stuff like that stuff that just suddenly happens out of nowhere and i think because it kind of looked as if it was going against israel for it to just suddenly happen it was an explosion of energy, you know. Like the guy, they were obviously very disappointed that their guy Madsudow lost. They did get a lovely little chant for uh, Donald Trump, but they, you know, they're still watching a main event and hoping for that moment to explode. And when it did, it was it's probably as uh, a crazy reaction as I can remember in recent times. It was really, really good.
0: Ask anyone talked about it being a Muhammad Ali George Foreman uh, moment in the Rumble in the Jungle because it looked exactly like that. The bigger man was beaten down on the on the smaller man, and then he just gets pummeled. Yeah, it's wild,
2: right? Israel has always been linked to Muhammad Ali because he, he's a massive fan of Muhammad Ali. I know that uh, a clothing brand, he's uh, got some involvement in Engage, have done a collaboration with this, the the estate of Muhammad Ali. He's always had these links. And he said to me in an interview leading up to the fight, he quoted Muhammad Ali and said, I'm going to show you how great I am, which is what Ali said right before he fought, the, fought George Foreman. So you're sort of thinking like, oh, well, this is cool. Big hitter. Yeah, it reminds me of Ali Foreman. And then he's against the cage, doing the rope-a-dope, essentially. He lands the exact same right hand. And then he, the only difference is, whereas Muhammad Ali let George off without hitting him again, he just flew another one down just for maybe a little bit of revenge. But yeah, I mean, it's crazy. This guy can't seem to miss. You know, when Even when Israel loses, he still finds a way to turn it into a success. And... That's what great athletes do, great people do. And I don't want to say anyone's as great as Muhammad Ali, but certainly there are uh,
1: similarities. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah, it is crazy. And he puts so much pressure on himself. So to deliver in that fashion, unbelievable. But what happens now? It's almost like he's. I mean, I love it. I love that. Both him and Dana said, no, that's it. That's the Pereira situation done. We move on now. But what does he do? And and who has to come into the division or who sticks their hand up to make middleweight and continue it to be exciting?
2: Well, it's funny, right? Because usually with Israel, he's got steps two and three already planned out. And you can sort of see where his journey is going to go. But this one just felt so big and so unavoidable. We don't really know what's going to happen next. The middleweight division doesn't really have an obvious contender right now. I think the UFC would like to put together Paulo Costa and Hamza Shemaev at some point this year, and I would assume the winner of that, even if it's Paulo, would get a shot at Israel. He did mention at the post-fight press conference, not by name, but made reference to a South African fighter Dricus de Plessis. Um, um, he was unhappy with um, Dricus's comments about being a, the real African fighter, and I'm not going to go into political history of South Africa, but I think that maybe had some tension behind it. So uh, yeah, I mean, Israel <laughs> wants that fight. But um, who knows where that goes. Drikas still needs to win one or two more, I think. But Israel usually has options and he's kind of waiting for them to form. And I think that hands that fight would be massive. I think a rematch with Paula would probably be massive. And if they build it up in a certain way, I think a fight with Drikas would be massive too. So whatever he does next, I think will be pretty sort of a, a moment in time in the UFC that everyone will stop to watch.
0: Oscar, does it does it sort of um, expose Pereira as a I guess you know the bigger man, like you said, standing there. I thought the same thing. Uh, walking out with Izzy, if he does step up to light heavyweight, that the guys up in that division are, will not be as afraid of him. By the way, that how is he just uh, dismantled him? I mean, maybe it's tough to say because
2: obviously he's he's looking this big when he's cutting down to one eighty five. If he doesn't have to make that cut. He could probably put on another 30 pounds by fight night. Like he could walk in there at 240 as opposed to what the 210 he might be doing. So at the moment, he could be really big even at 205. And I think that if you look at his power, it doesn't really matter how much he weighs. He just clearly has a huge punch to him. So I think if he moves up, those guys might not be intimidated by his size, but they... Remember, he knocked out Israel Adesanya, who's one of the best kickboxers of all time. So his kickboxing ability himself is legendary. I don't know if there's anyone up in the 205 division who has the stand-up ability of him. So he could move up there. And even if he's trading the size, he's still got the skill to beat a lot of those guys. So if he moves up, he could be pretty devastating up there.
1: Brilliant. Love it, Oski. You've covered it all for us, mate. Um, go and have a couple of more hash browns and get over your hangover. <laughs> and um, we'll talk yeah, again yeah. soon. All right, enjoy guys. The MacLife.com is so where you can find Oscar Willis's work on UFC. Very good. What a party that would have been. Can we'll debrief it more on the other side of this.